I am unashamed. What about you? Now, I don't know where have y'all have been on your travels. Al's in Florida. Jace just got back from South Carolina. In between all that, my repertoire of what I've been doing seems to be following just a pattern. I'm in the mud hole every morning cutting beaver dams, cutting beaver dams, cutting beaver dams. Some of them are huge beaver dams. Bring in a track hole. Get the water off the property so we can plant it for ducks. Stone said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I got our buddy. He's going to fly rice in, drop it in three inches of water. If you can get the thing down to three inches of water, he's going to fly by and dump rice, plant it in an airplane, <laughs> taking five minutes to plant the whole thing over there. <laughs> Y'all did that? And I, I'm listening to, I, well, your, your man Stone is the one that dreamed up the I idea. I like this plan. So anyway, the <laughs> Who rice. Who flew the plane? Uh, uh, our buddy from uh, oh, so it wasn't Stone. I no, the one we took duck hunting the, the, this past duck season. I can't remember his name, but anyway, yeah. but he's a good dude. But anyway, <laughs> he flies the rice in. Stone and them are going with the track machine, planting stuff like millet. <clears throat> they got rice on the south end that's already up in the privet hole. We're draining the water as I speak, and it's almost down. And that was planted three or four or five days ago. Uh, the rice man up in Arkansas said, let it germinate for four, five, six days and then drain the water off of it. And if we get a crop, we can put the water back on it and flood it so right. nothing else will grow. Yeah. So we got rice coming from the air and from track machines. But but it keeps raining. But it keeps raining, and then we got to drain it out. And we're trying to get the last three or four inches out so all the rice will come up. The beavers are still damning The it beavers up. are fighting us every step of the way. <clears throat> well, the more things change, the more they stay the so same. I, I, just, I, I just saw a story that uh, some, some lake system out in the mountains somewhere out west, they were flying planes over, and they were – putting the fish were flying out of the plane out of the back end of that thing they were stocking it with fish out of a plane from an airplane which sounds uh, sounds a lot like what we deal with rice yeah. can you believe that i mean that's how they stocked the lakes was was with the airplanes yeah it was it was pretty I know amazing one thing it's if you're planting seeds it's a fast way to plant it that's for sure yeah Every, we're going everything's done in the air now yeah I mean, I just got off. I went to South Carolina, so I'm on the planes. The pulse is, no matter what anybody says, people are traveling. Because I sat on the floor in the airports, overcrowding. So I don't know. Where are they going? I have <laughs> no idea, but they're going. Yeah. And then, you know, I did the bit about the Amazon guy, you know, going to space. Well, he launched his his space travel. They took off, and I mean, it was on every news organization. He's going to space, and there were people that the newscasters like, I have chills right now, and I actually heard one of them say that. And if I you thought, give them, yeah. how much money does it cost to make a trip to outer space with now, five million or something? Oh, way more than that. The seat oh, next no. to him went for it 28 million. 28 million, you right in there. So million. I thought, he's gone. <laughs> well, I do a couple flights to get back here. And by the time I got home, they were already back. And I thought, well, that wasn't much of us. They were only there 10 minutes, yeah. Jay. So I'm like, Ten this minutes. whole hub love, <laughs> the news media, they're singing Kumbaya, and the man's going to where no man has gone before, and the whole space travel lasted about 10 minutes. He's back. And he's and he's short <laughs> He's short $28 million. Yeah, the guy sitting next to him. <laughs> I don't know whether it'd be worth it or not. Maybe what is that an hour? If you paid twenty eight million for ten minutes, well, you got more money than you know what to do with. If you're paying twenty eight million for a ride in the outer space for fifteen minutes, yeah, I think it was ten. Ten. So I was, I went to, I had an interesting event. I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and this was another reschedule because of Corona. That's one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't think I'd ever been there I before. Love Charleston. And uh, boy, the, I looked, the best people I've ever met on planet Earth, in all the states. They were from the Carolinas. Really? I'm sorry, but that's just the way I... I you know, I, I tell apologize. These were good people. These, these were uh, truckers. I think it were it was people... Now, I don't know why in the world somebody asked me 
to come. It was kind of at a fancy spancy hotel, <laughs> and they were having like a three day getaway conference slash with the trucking executives. So the guy, when I get there, they're like, "We're going to do a little meet and greet." It's, it was ten minutes, and because I had to fly in the night. That's before. a good thing. Yeah, it was nothing to it. So I walk in. There was it was bustling. It was the room was crowded. I'd say there was two to three hundred people in there, but that's all the room would hold. And so the guy introduced me. He's like, he he came out with a sheet before we got up there, and he was like, "Well, here's the introduction. Here's what I have. I was gonna make sure this is fine with you." I said, "Oh no, that's way too long." I was like, "You just need to get up and say, Jace is a simple man." He his priorities are God, people, and ducks in that order. I said they'll laugh, and then you just say, "Here's Jace." That's exactly what he did. They laughed louder than I thought they would. So I thought this this may be a good crowd here. So I kind of I come up there and look. All these people were. They were well dressed, and because I was thinking truckers, so I get up there. And, it's always and, a good sign if, when when you're introduced, if there's no booze when you walk. Yeah, out there was there. no booze, which yeah. I was. <laughs> there was no booze, no and hecklers, there, and there was no booze. Any hecklers? So thought, any hecklers in the back? <laughs> well, I was given a B O O Z E reference. So I thought, well, this may be pretty good. No booze so no I'm going to give you, I came up because I got one speech. You know, I'm trying in a clever way. I go through the duck call demonstration and I, I'm introducing Jesus and I tell basically how this happened, which was God. This was God's plan. And so y'all know, know the speech I give. However, I just thought for fun, I was like, I need some trucking jokes just to try it. And if they, they're a disaster, that'll be the funny part that I tried to do trucking joke. So I did three jokes that I came up with off the top of my head. And one of them I had found because I asked Jay, who was, he, he was, he took my place in the last podcast, right? I said, you got any trucking jokes? Well, yep. he just Google searched trucking jokes, but I got to like number three and they all had profanity in them. I was like, well, forget this. But I did see one little slogan that I used. But the reason I'm doing this is because I, when I got back, because they went over well, I told Missy the three trucking jokes that I did. Look, zero response. She didn't even <laughs> smile. And I said, you don't think that's funny? And she said, no. So we have a wager on whether y'all would think Jay's, these are funny. I, I'm just going to throw – Jay's, I, I don't know that Missy is your best test audience for – Jokes, just in general. I'm, well, I'm we'll just see because we have a bet going, but I won't tell you what the bet is till after because I'll get your, your response. So here was my three trucking jokes off the top of my head. So I get up there. First thing I said, because Al's a professional speaker, I'm not. So I get away with a lot more. So what they call that you need an icebreaker because I'm here because you think about this. <clears throat> I have camouflage on. All these people are decked out. We're at a fancy smancy hotel. I thought this was going to be a bunch of truckers. So all every lead in I was going to have, I thought, scrap that. These are the people who own the that, trucks. That's right. These, these yeah. people, somebody. Uh, yeah, You're talking so, to the big dogs here. Big wheel, big wheels. <laughs> and I could tell. I could sense it. So the first thing I said, I, so I got up there and I said, I'm going to tell you the truth. I walked around this place two or three times. And I cannot find one truck anywhere. <laughs> they all roared with laughter. <clears throat> so I was like, no trucks. Well, no, where's the trucks? So I said that. I said, where are the trucks? <laughs> so that was the first one. They all laughed, Al. Missy, nothing. Yep. So that led me to this. I'll give that a grin. But yeah, not, I mean, not, least, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, so I said, well, you know, I, and then I said, I said, boy, y'all are, y'all are a lot more sophisticated and, and well-dressed than I anticipated. Cause I here again, I'm, and I said, of course, I'm not much on wardrobe. They had a little chuckle on that. Cause I basically, however, had, you're in South Carolina, well, <clears throat> which, so, uh, they, you know, South Carolinians, Southerners. 
Yeah. So I that helped. So I said, so what do you call a trucker in a suit? And I, I asked them, I said, you can say, because I wanted to see if anybody knew this joke. Nothing. Nobody said anything. So I said, so you got the joke. What do you call a trucker in a suit? I said, the defendant. <laughs> they all laughed again. <laughs> two out of two. <laughs> I was like, two out of two. Missy, nothing. That's actually pretty Missy funny. Missy said, there. well, I don't, I don't get it. I said, because he's in court. He's committed a crime. He now, they don't normally wear suits. She went, oh, yeah. She said, that's not yeah. real funny. Yeah. It, it takes too long. to." So then the third one, which I completely made up, I said, well, the really the only famous trucker that I'm aware of, because you got to remember I made this up. I said, was the trucker who was going to prove that the earth was flat, but he drowned. They all waited like y'all did for a second. <laughs> and they all laughed. And then I said, I made that up. And then that was the best laugh I got out of this. And I made it up. And Missy said, I don't understand how he drowned. I said, he was driving his truck. He was going to prove that it was flat. But you can't drive very far without running into the ocean. She's like, well, that's just stupid. I said, but it was funny. <laughs> and the fact that I made it up and they all laughed, they liked it. I guess you got to be a trucker to like it. So what What do you say? Was I right or wrong? Were they funny or was it just, no, or was it Missy right? No, I think that was excellent. And I, I have to say that uh, Missy, dad, is sort of like Rodney Dangerfield. You know, ooh, tough crowd. Yeah. You know, she, she'd be hard to get, 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 I get on. Say, that one, so. overall, I would say overall, she's slow to laugh. Slow yeah. to laugh. Yeah. Well, you know, if we, if she, it's got to be real funny for her to say, ha ha, I, I've never seen her do that. I've seen her do it, <laughs> yeah. but the stuff she laughs at, <clears throat> I got nothing. Yeah. No, it, they're not funny. She'll watch <laughs> these home renovation shows and home renovation. That's what, that's her number one show. She watches them and she laughs and I'm like, how, they're not trying to be funny. Yeah, but I've never, somewhere I've never in checked there, into the home she, renovation crowd. They actually have a channel, Phil. I didn't know this. That is a home and and garden channel, huh? Twenty four seven because it's on at my house. Twenty four seven. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so that was the Charleston <laughs> yeah, trucking. But look, I will say this because you got to remember, this is not a church setting. These these, these are truckers. And so I do the duck call. We have some laughs. We we have fun. I, I share Jesus. And it was probably the most people that have come out of the audience on, on my way to the airport. I was because you know one, I'm like you. Once it's done, we're 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 out of here. Yeah. Because I was on a real tight schedule. But there were more people that came up after that, just as we were walking out. Saying things like "That's the most sense I've ever heard from a from a church perspective or a Bible based thing," I'd never even considered that. I mean that that actually made sense, and <laughs> so it was just shocking. I'm like, well, you never know what how people are going to take that, but I think that's the way the Lord works sometimes in mysterious ways. Because I think a lot of them had no idea that they were fixing to hear the point of the Bible. In a very yep. short, short speech. So let's uh, let's take a break. So we got a brand new sponsor. Um, it's called Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon. Uh, Do you ever think, Dad, there'd be a day when Martha Stewart would be sponsoring our podcast? I mean, that's we've come a long way since the old days. It's like she's been here forever. <laughs> she has been. She's very good at what she does. So basically, this is a, a company that delivers uh, new menus and foods to people's homes. I mean, one of the things the pandemic has changed is, you know, people going out to eat. A lot of people don't cook. You know, our family is a little bit different, but most people eat out. Well, then you can't go eat out. What are you going to do? And so a lot of companies have sprung up, but this is a really good one with a great menu. You get a lot of different recipes that are going to come. Um, you know, they're, they're very good uh, at what they do. So if you're tired of the same old, same old, go to MarleySpoon.com, M-A-R-L-E-Y Spoon.com, and you're going to get a lot of different 
meals, a lot of great stuff. And for our listeners, you're going to save $100 on your first four orders if you use the code FEEL. So that's marleyspoon.com. Use the code FEEL and save 100 bucks for your first four orders. So, Jace, did, uh, were they from all over the country then? Was this kind yeah, of a they convention were all over. for them? So They really weren't from South yeah. Because I said, well, where's the where's the plant at? And they were like, what plant? I was like, well, I was serious. Where, where's the trucking? They're like, well, we're from all over the United States. Well, they're just gathering here. Because originally when I booked the event, it was going to be in North Carolina. And I was like, what did y'all move your home base operation? I never had a handle on what exactly was going on a while. All you have to do is hit the interstates and look around. There's a lot of produce and whatever up and down these highways. uh, You know what? It's It's a big business. Trucking companies are still, even after all the advances, we're talking about people going to space, trucking companies are still the backbone of American economy that I mean, is they're correct. the ones that get everything when, when, when corona first hit and they couldn't get trucks out i mean you talk about create a problem in a oh. hurry i mean these guys are of course we have a lot of listeners that are truckers because i hear from them all the time because they spend all this time in the truck so you can imagine yeah they need something to listen to and so there's a ton of them that are listening to the podcast so you truckers out there we tip our hat we salute you because uh, you're the backbone of the whole country there were three times where the audience, which this was unusual, erupted in applause during my speech. One is when I mentioned the podcast. I said, well, I do a, a lot of y'all like, what do you do now? And I said, we do a podcast with me and uh, my dad, Phil. And I said, and my weird brother, because I talked about you wearing khakis and the lack of facial hair and all. That's <laughs> always a guaranteed laugh. And they all applauded. So I thought, okay. The second was I told this story about <clears throat> I have this, I think I have this hat on, the uh, that I got from. It's actually from the Book of John, where Philip and Nathaniel, you know, when when, and I kind of told that story quickly because I was in Walgreens that morning, didn't have any deodorant, and I figure if I'm going to meet doing an event, I might ought to take care of that. So I'm in Walgreens, <clears throat> and. I come up there and there's two young African-American women behind the counters. There was two, two stations there, but nobody else was in there. And so one of them said, what what's come and see about? And I, I realized I had this hat on, which was a slogan that the chosen, the TV show that you subscribe, this crowdfunded, you know, about Jesus and, and his followers. I said, Oh, I'm glad you asked. I said, there's a show, The Chosen. I said, y'all y'all heard of it? Neither one of them had heard of it. Of course, you got to remember, I'm in Walgreens here. And I said, well, here's what happened, that story. Nathaniel was under a tree. Y'all remember Nathaniel? And one of them said, I don't read the Bible. Yep. So when she said, I don't read the Bible, I thought, okay, we possibly have a non-believer here. And the other one said, yeah, I know that story. I said, well, they said they had found the son of God. The son of the living God was on the earth. This is a couple thousand years ago. And Philip was telling his brother this, that we, we found him. And so Nathaniel was excited until they said, well, where's he from? And they said, a little place called Nazareth. And he's like, oh, no, that place. Ain't no way the son of God come out of there. I said, and then Philip said, come and see. Cause he wanted to show him Jesus. No, this is the son of God. And so what was, what was funny is I'm telling this to these two young women where there was a couple people that had gotten in line behind me and I kind of surveyed the scene and everybody was just looking like this is happening in Walgreens. Yeah. And so, uh, so I would told that story, but when I mentioned the chosen, they all started clapping. Well, a few who had seen the show, started clapping well then everybody started clapping because you're in a crowd and people started clapping oh i'm supposed to clap and i was like y'all don't even know what y'all are clapping for some of y'all have not seen that show so i got to introduce that show which i thought was good and the other thing that they clapped about was when i explained the bible i did this little bit in less than 60 seconds and y'all heard me do this many times but where you got genesis to malachi jesus christ is coming to earth God in human form, Matthew to John, he's here. We got the red letters when he spoke. Then Acts to the Revelation, 
He's coming back. They all clapped, which I took that as a good sign. Very good sign. That's why South Carolina people are some of the best people I ever met on planet Earth. But technically, they were from all over the U.S. These are truckers. Yeah. I felt way better about the trucking executives after this encounter. Yep. Well, it's pretty nice, Jace, that you can still, you think about it in current America, you were talking to, you know, executives in, a, in a, one of the biggest businesses in our country, and yet you were able to couch that in spiritual terms as well as talk about you know, whatever you want to talk about. I, I like that you can still do that because this day and age, you know, everything is so woke that you'd think you wouldn't be able to do that or it'd be well received, but it still is. And, and like you said, these people from all over, you probably had, you know, a wide range of people that were oh, listening yeah. to you. Some believers, some not, yeah. you know. Oh, I'm positive 100% there were people who did not believe in God in there. But I disarmed them a bit because I said, look, I know some of y'all don't believe this, or you might have had a bad church experience. And I'll go through this deal about churches, always do the same thing. I was like, you got to remember, we're all flawed people, and you have people in charge. Suspect they they may be called elders, pastors, evangelists, but guess what? These are flawed people too. Yep. But God uses flawed people. That's why He went to the cross. And I explain all that. I said, so you basically got to remember that going to church is like eating fish. You got to spit out the bones. We, we all have flaws, and forgiveness is interwoven in all this. So it's kind of a good way to share the answer to new beginnings and off the planet, you know, to live again and live forever, to people who probably are never going to hear it any other way. And so I'm like, I, I use your line. If you got a better idea, I'll have five minutes as I'm walking out of here for you to lay it on me. Lay it on me. And guess guess what I heard? Zero ideas about how to get off the planet. You know? So in in your absence, Jace, we um we had a, a couple of podcasts while you were on the road. I told the our podcast audience that we send you out from time to time just to gather stories, which of course you've gathered more that you share with today, which is good. But uh, we had <clears throat> so we had two podcasts <clears throat> that really wound up being. Um, I would say, cause I kind of reflected back on it yesterday cause we filmed those on Monday and I would say the, the theme was who's a man, which was what you and I heard growing up from dad. Cause that was kind of his mantra, you know, be yeah. tough. Don't whine, don't cry. You know, it's, you know, don't worry about getting hurt. You'll get over it. And so we were talking, that was kind of our theme for both podcasts. Not really planned that way. It just worked out. So on the first podcast we had sigh and we had stone Oh boy! And then we had, then we had the the because uh, I had planned on having them, but then they were going to have a guy on their podcast later that day, that was the world champion arm wrestler, and when Jay told me about it, I was like, the world champion arm wrestler. I said, and then he tells me the story about this guy, and I start doing a little research. I said, we got to have him on our podcast too. So I was just going to have him on for like a couple of segments, but it was so interesting. He wound up staying on the whole time. But Jace, his arms, Dad, how big were his his I, arms? I was fixed look, to ask that. How big was his arms? The guy comes in, and when he appeared, he took up the doorway, you know, from side to side. <laughs> and when he walked in, he looked like the world's greatest arm wrestler. He had big arms. He had I big it arms. Was technique. He I had thought. big arms, long whiskers, and just just torqued up like. He said, yeah, yeah, it's a little downside to it, you know. He said, you know, he said, my 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 arm slammer, you know, when you win, you, you, your, your right arm, you know. He said, how many times had he broken his arm? 70? Well, here's what he told us, Jay. So, so he, he right-handed, he's a world champion. Left-handed, he's a runner-up world champion. So, I mean, this guy can go either arm. And he said he was doing a left-handed one. And the guy pinned him back, and when he did, he stripped out that elbow, and he said his arm was just flopping somewhere behind him. I mean, he just tore the whole elbow. So when they looked at it, they did an MRI and an X-ray of it, they looked at his right arm. Because I asked him, I said, I read on the Internet that you've broken your arm 70 times. Is that true? He said, well, and then he told us a story about his first, his left arm. When they did an X-ray of his right arm, they found 70 old fractures in his mm. arm bones, in his right arm. So the man has 
has broken his arm. Seventy, but look, he never stopped. He never stopped arm wrestling, and he never stopped smiling about. He never stopped smiling about it. <laughs> he had the best attitude, and he's real soft spoken. You know, I mean, you look at him, and you're kind of he's he's very menacing and imposing. But when he talks, he's very soft spoken. He's a he's a godly man. His wife is a seven time national champion. She was you know off off camera arm wrestling when we did too? the podcast. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness! So I mean, these people and they drive around in a big old Winnebago with his, you know, all of his stuff on the side. His name is Monster Michael Todd. They call him the Monster. Yeah, and, I told him. I, I mean, said I haven't seen a rig like that since. Uh, who's the guy? The two rock and rollers. Uh, ZZ, ZZ Top. Tom. I said I haven't seen a rig like that since ZZ Top pulled in here one day and we yeah. talked it over. <laughs> I said, Boy, Boy yeah, those were some interesting guys. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> let's, ta- let's take another break. So, Jace, while you were gone, we had when we had Cy and Stone and the uh, arm wrestling man, we talked a lot about aches and pains. Of course, you know, I, I kind of felt bad complaining about some of the stuff I hurt for after this guy's broken his arm 70 times. I was like, well, you know, it made me feel a little less manly, but at the same time, hurting is hurting, right? You know, Cy is, he's a walking ache and pain. So what, here's what surprised me today. We're talking about this on the podcast. All of a sudden, Cy said, hey, boys, that's why I take Omega XL. And so we went into an Omega XL ad during the podcast, and I didn't even know Cy was taking it, which is great. Uh, and it's helped him a lot. Of course, his dad and I talk about it a lot because it's helped us as well. These guys have 35 years of clinical research, and they deal with inflammation, which is the key to your aches and pains. So here's what you do. You go to OmegaXL.com slash fill. You buy a bottle, you're going to get a second bottle for free. That's OmegaXL.com slash fill. Or you can call these guys 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 and stop the aches and pains. We, they, wanted to, they, they wanted to eat squirrel and dumplings and Miss K fixed them some. Yeah. ZZ Top likes their squirrels. So anyway, Jay, so so what happened was on that podcast, obviously we told a lot of stories about who's a man and, you know, Cy and Dad were back and forth and Stone was, you know, jumping from time to time. Of course, and then I was asking him a lot of questions about arm wrestling because, you know, Dad had done a little arm wrestling back in the day when he was still, before he was a Christian. And so we just had a lot. It was really interesting conversation and it never ended. We laughed a lot. So that was kind of the physical side. So the second podcast, we had a guy on named Kyle Thompson, who's from Oklahoma City, and he does a men's ministry. And his ours is unashamed. His is called Undaunted, which I like that a lot. Undaunted life. That's what, what his that ministry mean? is. And he what basically undaunted speaks mean? to You're not you're not going to the left or right. You can't shut it down. It's moving forward. On whatever forward, net for, backward, it never follow the tanks or die. That's what know? I thought. I was just making sure. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So he, so his deal is he talks to men about not only being a godly man but being a manly man, and then he talks about Jesus being a manly man, which I thought was really interesting. And so that was a much deeper dive into godliness, manliness, kind of our what's ailing America in terms of a lack of masculinity and you know, kind of this current gender stuff that's going on. So it just, it was a really interesting kind of two set podcast that I hadn't really planned on being what it was, but it's, it's who's a man. That's what it was. Don't yeah. you think dad? Yeah. Well, every time I, we have this conversation, I go back to one of my best friend's son who, when he was doing his application to college, when they got to gender, he had over 60 choices. I have nothing else to say about that. I don't know how you would come up with 60 choices on gender, but well, that, that's where the, we are in America. In the state of Louisiana, <laughs> in the next two or three days, we're going to see if they're going to veto old John Bell Edwards on this gender thing that they're trying to push through down there in the legislature. They think they have enough votes to, to – he vetoed it. He, he's a Democrat. He vetoed it. The issue is – allowing males to be taken as females and they're in the women's locker room and they're winning all the contests Competing. and the races. Yeah. Right. And the 
and then they and then John Bell went for that. I think that all came about because <clears throat> some guys who couldn't win against other guys thought, well, maybe I could beat some girls. I hope one of our sisters, Pat Moore, down there, and I hope she rises to the occasion on that. But uh, we don't need that in Louisiana at all. Let men compete in women's sports. It's looking pretty good, Dad. The Senate, um, they passed yesterday in the Senate, so if it passes in the House today, then they'll override his veto. I and hope, I hope, a lot of states I, around I hope the country. I pray they do. I do too, because you know, look, it's about it's about protecting our girls and young women <clears throat> from all this stuff. I mean, that's the main thing. So I, I just, it's crazy to me that you oh. have to pass a law that <clears throat> says that men can't compete in women's sports. But like Jay said, that's where we are in America. You know, yep. that's that's why I like in the in creation when you read in Genesis chapter two and three, and then Jesus reiterated in Matthew nineteen. There's a famous saying that comes up in quotations in the Bible over and over and over. And then in Jesus's quote in Matthew 19, four, it says, now he was talking about divorce and when you could do that and how based on the law of Moses. But he said, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. But you never really noticed specifically why he used that phrase until you look up one day and there's 65 choices on what that your is, gender is. That is correct. So he was clear via the Holy Spirit thousands of years ago, I think, for a reason, because he knew that was always going to be a problem. Yep, he saw it. Which shows you that Jesus did, you're right. When he said things, they didn't just only apply in the moment, but obviously him being God and outside of time, he understood that these words wouldn't carry weight. <clears throat> I had a guy one time that tell, told me, he said, well, you know, Jesus never, you know, homosexuality can't be a sin because Jesus never addressed it. I said, what are you talking about? Sure he did. He gave you the blueprint for how it's supposed to go. And it's supposed to be one man, one woman, and they marry for a lifetime. That's yep. the blueprint. Yep. Anything that doesn't fit in the blueprint is is that's out of, out of what he says to well, do. So whether that's gender it's, issues, anything else, you don't have to say anymore when you say that. No. Yeah, it's subtle. He said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Well, what was the reason? What was the reason? I mean, he said he made them male and female. That right. was the reason. That was the a reason. man, he would look over and say, oh, yeah. Now he and, also uh, as shocking as it sounds, <clears throat> uh, being a biological male or a biological female, it's pretty easy to see. Well, yeah. Well, he got right. to the end of that chapter nineteen, and he says, because of circumstances, changes, things that happen. When he said, you know, some are eunuchs because they were born. This is verse twelve and nineteen because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. And the one who should, who can accept it, should accept it. So he was like, there are going. He even acknowledged the fact that there were going to be situations where people wouldn't get married or wouldn't have a sex drive. Or so I, I just find it interesting that it wasn't like he didn't address it. And even the exceptions yep. that you could live a life and have a pure heart about and, and, and purpose about. So, I mean, it's really He was basically really saying, you don't have to marry. All right. The Apostle and, and Paul said, I wish all men were like me. He said, but there's so much immorality. Mm -hmm. You know, it's better to burn with, better to, <laughs> to marry than to burn with yeah. passion. So a lot of people who say, well, I was, you know, born a certain way or, had these issues, which Jesus did address, that some, you know, were units because they were born that way, and some were made that way by men, which could be emotionally, spiritually, or even physically. Yep. So that's why I always go to the fact that when Jesus portrays people who put their faith and trust in him as this being born again, I think it's a good line to tell people when they've, you know, had a childhood or circumstances that influenced them or messed them up. Or, I was born this way. Yeah. I always say, well, God can make you born again. <laughs> you can be born again. There's, there's, 
there's a way to start over in life, no matter what the situation or circumstance, which is really awesome when you think about it. Yep. Let's take another break, Jay. But don't you think that in the argument now so inconsistent with, with what we're seeing, because just a few years ago, when we were, when a group, they were arguing for gay marriage and things like this, it was like, well, people are born this way. And for you to try to tell people that they're choosing, you know, what they want to do, their sexuality, how they want to live, that that's wrong. You can't do that because they were born this way. But then you turn around less than 20 years later, 10 years later on the gender issue, a person is born. It's pretty obvious what their gender is. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. They have to decide what their gender is at yeah. some point. So wait a minute. They they weren't born that way? I, I thought we were born a certain way. I mean, the exact same argument has been flipped on its head. That sounds pretty hypocritical to me. But I think that won't work. I, I think that happens when you don't have a moral center where you're getting your you know, your facts from. You're, you're, they're just trying to figure out a way to make this work you there's figure. a small percentage i think they call them the unisex people that uh there's a that can be a dna problem to where they're not quite sure about the sex but it's like uh probably a couple hundred thousand you know yeah. out of right well i think that's what he meant when you're 300 million you know, some, it's a small percentage some are born with issues you know physically and emotionally <clears throat> but that's why i say no matter how we're born with our tendencies or whatever, you know, we, we believe God loves everybody and is for everybody. And there's a way to be born again. And then the conversation changes about decisions you make in life. I mean, how we live our life and the decisions we make to me is God's business. You know, it's your business and it's God's business. So I think, where the church gets off in this is they try to police behavior. That's not our role. Our role is to introduce Jesus. And that basis of grace is that's what the Bible says. Titus two: the grace of God teaches us to say no. And and he'll tell you what marriage is. uh, Yeah. You, you've, you figured out. That's why when people they'll come, they'll try to trap you. If you believe in Jesus, they're like, well, are you against this or for this or against this? You're like, I'm pro Jesus. I give people Jesus and, when, when they allow that to be the basis for their decision-making process, things change. Lives change, decisions change. I want to bring up something since we're totally off the rails on this podcast. I The guy sent me this because I brought up the idea about being born again. I'd never heard this. I wanted to ask you all this. It's a confusing passage, but in 1 Peter 3, of course, he starts off talking about wives and husbands and our role from a spiritual standpoint. And then he gets to verse 17 and he's talking about suffering for following Jesus. But it says it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil, which is an aha moment. Then it says for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the spirit. Now, this next phrase is the one I wanted to ask y'all's opinion about, because I've never really known. I've never really got my head around what this means. But in verse 19, it says, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So you're like, what in the world is that while he was dead? Then he goes on to say, who disobeyed. Long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah. Now we're going way back while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. And it's not the, a physical thing of taking dirt from the body, but it's the pledge of a good conscience towards God. What we were referring to as being born again. You know, Jesus saves you, but you have this opportunity to surrender, make the pledge reenact his death, burial, and resurrection. So it, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven. Now, here's the my take on this. This guy sends me this. He's like, what do you think about this? And there was a, he sent me a video and 
some Bible scholar had come up with this about what that mean where Jesus went and preached to the spirits. Or maybe I should just ask y'all what y'all think that is now before they are their spirits are in prison now. But when he was speaking to the people in the days of Noah, they were fully alive and fully cognizant of what he was saying, what God was saying Mm -hmm. through the spirit. He basically was saying, you need to repent because if you don't, I mean, you're going to die. I'm going to drown you unless you repent because you got to remember their every thought was evil. Well, right. So they were told and they said, Noah, you're an idiot. Do you think water's going to get right here? He says, there's a big water coming. Yeah. And and and, <clears throat> the, and in see, fact, in Hebrews 11, it that, gave the impression that it hadn't even rained yet. Well, I mean, that <clears throat> plus uh, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. Now, the, the well, that's the, why I thought maybe the people rain. who are now dead back when in the days of Noah, they were all standing there. And by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, God told him, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, and here's the spirits who are now in prison who didn't listen before the flood. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is comes by faith. Yeah. Eight people survived, Jace. Yeah. Because all the people that Noah was warning they said, get out of our face. There's not going to be a bunch of water that's going to flood the earth. Are you crazy? Yeah. And he stuck to his guns, and you say, uh, seven more believed it. But out of the entire population on planet earth, eight believed it and got out. That's and- why I think you got to be more positive about what's going on on our planet now. You know, when you're down to eight people— <laughs> You've pretty much lost your moral compass. Look at where all the warnings <laughs> look. Look at all the warnings that God has given all the nations that ever were. Yeah. But they all rise, Jace, all of them, and they all collapse. Yeah. Well, you say, well, what happens? So the same the same thing happened in the days of Noah. Now they're in prison. Yeah. You know, they they're they're lost. So what do you think, yeah, Al? I, th- I think I think uh I think dad's on target let's take our last break i think that he's talking about the spirit that was present all the way through and it's kind of the hebrews 13 8 you know mm-hmm. jesus christ is the same yesterday today, and forever yep he's always been there and so has the spirit even way back in the days of noah and so that same spirit that that spoke through noah to to speak truth into people that would not listen is the same spirit that goes present today. So I, I've yeah. always taken it as that, that that, that well, was his, his focal point. I think not necessarily more. There, the, any good news in all of this, there are more now than in the days of Noah. There's a lot of mischief going on. I mean, you know. Because we're all flawed. But there's a lot of people who love Jesus and have put their faith and trust in him, and they're living out their purpose. Thank I mean, God for that, that we didn't get down to eight. Well, that, that, that's what I'm, I'm trying to be positive here. Yep. Well, look, I, I, <laughs> and yeah. I believe the same thing, what y'all said about that. But this video this guy sent me was very interesting. And uh, look, I don't know if I agree with it because I haven't researched it. I just watched the video. But I thought it would make an interesting conversation because this guy, he basically, I'm not real familiar with the book of Enoch. Have you ever read that, Al? I haven't, but I've, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Well, this guy had read it. Now, Enoch is referred to in Hebrews 11, 4 and 5. He was one of the guys. There's been a couple of others. I'll, I'll read the Hebrews 11, 5. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. And he was the second. Probably sec- Enoch. Well, Enoch, Enoch. Yeah. yeah. E- I mean, E-N-O-C-H. <laughs> was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. And when you read the version in, I think it's Genesis five, he was like the seventh from Adam. He just, yeah, just didn't die. God just took him sort of like Elijah. He was a very good yep. man. <laughs> exactly. When you, when God, the creator of the universe just says, you know what? 
just come on. Uh, that means you have got it figured out. You've uh, done well. Yeah, you, you, you've you've put your faith and trust in God. But anyway, I wouldn't say sinless, but I would say all have sinned. But I would just say in faithful. Enoch's case, he was so close to being sinless that God yeah. said, I'll tell you what, you got a free ride. Come on up. So anyway, back to this guy's video. So when it refers to in the days of Noah, somehow in the book of Enoch, he read this, which I've never read the book of Enoch. Me either. But he read that that reference of Jesus going back and, and preaching to the spirits uh, in prison was in reference to that because evidently it references that in the book of Enoch. But whether that's true or not was irrelevant. The point the guy made, it's not irrelevant, but it's it's not my point. The point he made I thought was really good. He he was basically saying that it was about spiritual warfare, and he and he referred to Romans six, which were in Romans, and he's like, when Jesus died, basically up until this point, every time the evil one, when you read the verse that he was a murderer from the beginning, uh, you read Hebrews two that when Jesus came, he came to destroy him who had the power of death, that is the evil one. His point, based on what he read in the book of Enoch and the reference to the days of Noah, was that when Jesus died, he went to those, that world and was and and basically preached the sermon, oh yeah, sorry, you have no control over me. That because and when you read the the passage in Jude about those angelic spiritual world being bound since Sodom and Gomorrah, he, he made that point also. And so what I really love about this video was that he's like, and now we reenact Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection in baptism that he brought up. And here was the point that I loved. He's like, don't think that when you go under that water because of the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that you're not declaring to the spiritual dark world and death, you you are declaring that you have no hold on me overmore. I, I got chills when I heard him say that. He's yeah. like, and you're leaving that? It's a great point. Yeah, and when you come up, God's spirit has now indwelled you, and, and you left that world. So I thought, you know what? I hope this is true. Because I really like it. Think about it, Jace. Uh, everybody That's can look. Good. And and Al, when it came my time to make the decision or not, look at the change from the time I said Jesus is Lord and the old Phil Robertson died to sin because he was convinced Jesus died for his sin and the old one was buried, it, it died, buried, and just like Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. Well, just look yeah. at the new life from the time I was 28 to the time I was 75 and tell me that there's not a big difference there. You say, well, what, what in the world happened to that dude? You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how powerful it is. Oh, exactly. Well, I know that yeah, was... And you, and you that, never know. That yeah. was a deep subject, but I thought the physical and the spiritual because you when we think of a physical prison we get that and we've said earlier that you can be free in jesus inside a physical prison yep but this idea of a spiritual prison and god you know having it be impossible for death to keep its hold of him, during that three-day period him being able to declare in whatever way you declare in the spiritual world, the spiritual forces of evil, that our side is greater than you, we and we have the power over this once and for all, which I think makes sense tying into Enoch because he didn't even experience that. He, he God just took him. He he just was. Yep. He became he eternal in that process. But we'll all have that process and that triumph over death and we get to reenact it. It's here. a good way to show you that we are made up of of body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. I mean it's a good way to look at it and you say because the people who have died before us, their bodies are have long since exactly. melted away, but their souls and spirits Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't worry about the one and get rid of the body. But but all of the people that were preached to in the days of Noah, you say their spirits are still there. Yeah. 
that's why I brought this up because and it's you, not bliss where they when, are. When you use the term "born again," I think a lot of people in church they use that as like it's just a phrase that doesn't have a lot of meaning. They're like, "Oh, you know, I'm a born again Christian or whatever." When you say you're born again, you just said a mouthful. Yeah, and, and I <laughs> I brought this up because you're declaring to the spiritual world that I'm indestructible. And you have no control or no power over me. And yeah, I might have been screwed up before this, but I've been born again. By the, the, the same God. Peter that from your that, pre, that went through Noah, and then when he preached to the spirits, he right before you get to that at one twenty two. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, there's the gospel. So that you have sincere love for your brothers, there's the life change. Love one another deeply from the heart. Here's the reason, for you've been born again, not of perishable seed, yeah, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. All men are like grass that said they're here today and gone tomorrow, but the grass withers and the flowers fall. That's the human race. Yeah. But the word of the Lord stands forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. It's awesome. Where's it at exactly? That's First Peter one twenty two and following. Well, that was the foundation for getting to First Peter three. That is correct. Being born of imperishable seed, which having that knowledge that you're not bound by the spiritual chains that the bound spirit you. the spirit and, seals the deal, Jay. Yeah, and you have a body coming that's imperishable. When I get the new body, first thing I'm going to do is challenge this arm wrestling guy, because then I'll have <laughs> the tools. There'll be no breaking of the arm. You you can arm wrestle. Look, they balked in the days of there's a big bunch of water coming. He's, and and what Peter said was, eight and all were saved through water. And this water that saves the ones who said the eight symbolizes baptism. He says was built in it only a few people. Eight were saved through water. You're like, what does it mean, Peter? Well, this water that saved them because they believed it and they had a boat and nobody else did because they said there will be no water. Well, bad move. That water that saved the eight <laughs> symbolizes baptism that now saves you all. You're not taking a bath. Yeah. But you're. Well, he was leading to Jesus. God is the boat. It saves you that's by right. the resurrection. That's right. You're putting your faith and trust. But I do think it's awesome. It to is. reenact that and in your mind do what Jesus did in his death, which was declare to the spiritual forces of evil, you lose. When the people kind of held up their, their, they were all cut to the heart when Peter preached, the same Peter preached the gospel 30 years earlier when he was in the book of Acts and he preached the gospel and they said, he said, you killed the Messiah. That's, yeah. and, but he's been raised from the dead. They're like, Oh my goodness, we we by killing him, that's going to save us? Peter yeah. said, Now you got you now you understand. Yeah. They said, What do we do? Well he did say, repent and be baptized. Yeah. Every one of you. Well, that's his explanation thirty years later when he said, Look, exactly Noah preached to him, but they said, Ah, oh, get that get that junk out of here. It's not gonna be water here. There's never been water up here in the middle of a hey, the if desert. You, if you got a better idea. Good luck. All right, we got to go. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.